This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today, we've got a very exciting episode for you. We're going to talk about rock hounding at Mount Baldy, uh, which is in the San Gabriel Mountains in San Bernardino County. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a place where rainbow gemstones are found in uh, Oxford, which is in western Maine. We're going to talk some fossil talk about the rainforest that once were in Australia deserts, a new flying reptiles discovered, and the Mona Lisa of the fossil world. Also, we're going to talk about a few other things as well. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I'm going to leave in the description a link to our blog, which has links to all our other sites. But if you Google us and put Facebook, Radical Rocks, Facebook, we're going to pop up. Radical Rocks, YouTube, we're going to pop up. And we just did a really great review of a fabulous gym store located in Escondido, California, in San Diego, California. Um, I forget the name of it. Gym Gallery. And it is spectacular. you got to check it out. With that, let's get right into some of the fun stuff that we have for you today. Okay, let's talk about the Mona Lisa dinosaur first. This dinosaur actually was a form of crocodile. You can read about this in the Yale News at uh, https semicolon backslash backslash news.yale.edu November 11th by Mike Cummings. This museum is getting ready to um, house the early crocodilian species that once roamed modern-day Utah, uh, estimated 200 million years ago, they say. Um, this creature was, I believe, about 14 feet. It was, it looked, they describe it like, uh, like a, a Great Dane, or maybe it was a greyhound, a greyhound with a crocodile head. Now this four-footed creature was actually walking on two legs. Very amazing, very amazing. You can read about this. You can also read about a fossilized bird that they're reconstructing, a seven-foot bird. Um, looks kind of like a dodo bird. Um, and other interesting things that they are doing uh, and finding these groundbreaking discoveries. And interestingly, a lot of these discoveries were discovered a long time ago. For example, um, there was a fossil, uh, the fossils that they discovered in the rainforest that, that is in Australia. They actually found this one uh, 25 years ago. I'll bring that article up. It says, where are the rainforests in the Australian deserts? Or were there rainforests in the Australian deserts? And apparently there was. This is our articles dated November 10th at cosmosmagazine.com, written by uh, Natalie Perletta. And what they go on to talk about is not only the plants and things like that they're finding that match up here in the Australian desert um, with things that are similar uh, in Madagascar and Africa, Central Africa and the Central Americans and Asia. They're finding fossils that line up and actually fruit. And this fruit um, is, they don't really recognize exactly what it is, but it, it looks very much like what they would find in tropical rainforests is what they're saying. 
and matches up to these other things. This this has been sitting in the um, museum for some 75 years, and it was just discovered. <laughs> Crazy. Now, same thing with this mysterious flying reptile. Okay, this reptile was um, discovered uh, at the by researchers at the University of Portsmouth. It's a new species of flying reptile that lived among the dinosaurs, but raises more questions than answers. And this article is at https semicolon backslash backslash www.portsmouth.co.uk by Richard Lemer on November the 10th. We always like to give credit to the authors when we quote these. They found an unusual finding in a collection that was 100 years old at the Segwick Museum of Cambridge, University, um, and what they found is that there was these toothless uh, flying creatures that they think lived 60 million years ago, and they had holes and nerves in the surface that led them to believe that this was actually a reptile. And they don't say how big it is, but in the picture, um, it's looking like uh, it could be six foot across. I mean, I'm trying to scale it up looking at the grass and the little plants that they have below. They don't say, but you can read this article if you want and maybe look up some more information. But they're saying this is definitely a distinct and new species. So hopefully as they dig through these archives of fossils, they'll find more substantiating proof for this. Now you can go gemstone mining at this attraction at Warner Brothers at the World Abu, um, I wrote this out the pronunciation, um, Dabi, Dabi, D-H-A-B-I. It's called Dynamite Gulch, and it looks like it's set up for kids and stuff, but um, they just have a identification, they have little screens and stuff where the kids can kind of simulate this mining here and um, they're selling them and things like that. You can find that at www.inparkmagazine.com if you're interested. The article was written, written by Joe uh, Kleiman in the uh, European Middle Eastern News, and you can check that out if you want. Now, how would you like to hold a piece of the moon? How would you like to know where there are hidden underground pockets of rainbow-colored gemstones? This is in the mountains of western Maine. And um, there is a website that you can check out, https semicolon backslash backslash www.wcvb.com. And uh, on the WCVB uh, Channel 5 ABC uh, website there, they talk about holding a piece of the moon and discovering dazzling gemstones. And they have a video here which uh, you can watch and they talk about this um, Oxford County a small little county there in Maine where they have this wonderful mineral museum with interactive videos that you can watch um, they have a very good meteor collection they have the largest collection of meteors that are actually from the moon that's how you can actually hold a piece of the moon they will allow you to touch some of these pieces and also Mars now, interestingly, Maine is a wonderful place for pegmatites. And uh, a gentleman there who is probably the greatest collector um, in that area ever of all times is still alive and well and mining. Um, but he has donated fabulous pieces to the uh, museum. 
and his name is P-E-H-E-R-M, Perherm, and he is known as the Pocket Fairy because in his mining adventures, he once found a pocket that was filled with two tons of beautiful gem tromeline. And um, even a mineral is named after him, uh, since his last name is Perherm, it's the Hermonite mineral. Uh, it's a white mineral, and it was named after him, and uh, something that he came across uh, during his adventures and mining and things like that. So pretty, pretty interesting. Now, if you're into mining, um, and you've been interested and curious, there's been a lot of things in the uh, discoveries and in the news about mining in space, mining meteorites, mining on the moon. Well, another interesting thing has been experimented with here at www.technologyreview.com. Um, there's an article here entitled, Microbes Could Be Used to Extract Metals and Minerals from Space Rocks by Neil V. Patel on uh, November 10th. And these microbes they will break down and help mining um, and they have been testing them in zero gravity areas and feel that this could work this is something that is looking very promising it could extract up to 20 percent of the world's copper and gold for human use um, and it would save some 400 percent possibly make it 400 percent more efficient for mining because of what it breaks down also um, there's some other articles you can look up if you're interested in making rocks into oxygen from the moon. And bacteria, again, is used in being able to do this. So they're actually experimenting with this on ways to make life more sustainable in space and to actually mine minerals and get them to the earth. So for those of you that have hung in there with me, we're going to talk about rock hounding at Mount Baldy in the San Gabriel Mountains. Now, moving forward, I have a, a lot of things going on um, the next month, and uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get out uh, two radio shows every week, which is what I try to shoot for, or if I do, they might be a little condensed. So bear with us, and uh, I'll try to keep, keep some uh, good information out there. We're really growing by leaps and bounds on the YouTubes and uh, Facebook and also on the podcast, and we appreciate your support. We appreciate you sharing and liking and subscribing and all that good stuff because it really helps us, and uh, we're hoping to get a web uh, website but, uh, you know, we can't really substantiate that if we don't, uh, you know, get monetized a little bit from our our podcast and things like that. So um, we do appreciate that support because we are donating and giving back to Rock Hounding. We've certainly given back a lot more than what we brought in, and we want to continue that. We have some big goals, and maybe someday we'll go into that and talk to it. But let's talk about mining in um, Mount Baldy. Now, in Mount Baldy... There's a particular area called Cascade Canyon, California. Um, this is in the Angeles National Forest. I believe it's still San Bernardino County, um, which goes as far as um, Montclair. And then Claremont, it cuts off. So that's quite a bit um, to the... Um, when you're looking north at the face of the mountain, Mount Baldy, um, that would be west um, is LA. So I'm, I believe you're still in San Bernardino County for sure. 
and uh, it is a San Gabriel Mountains. If you go up the Cajon Pass, which is where Highway 15 goes up in Southern California, then east of the highway there, the other range of mountains would be the San Bernardino Mountain Range, which would incorporate um, uh, Big Bear and those areas over there. Now, at Mount Baldy, Cascade Canyon is a premier mineral collecting location, um, not only in the United States, but uh, in, in, in maybe, you know, in a lot of places. And for only certain reasons, not that it's the greatest of all overall, but because of these particular reasons I'm going to tell you about. There is, you can collect there, some beautiful corundum crystals. Corundum is what ruby's made of. It's what uh, uh, those things are made of. They are um, pink uh, and purple. They're pink to purple. I've even seen reddish. Um, they are smaller. Some of them are, you know, decent size. Maybe you might get fortunate and find one that's uh, a quarter inch long and uh, an eighth or so uh, bigger in diameter. But uh, the bigger ones are few and far between. Um, they would probably not facet like a clear crystal, but um, you you know I've seen them faceted. There are people who have faceted them, and they still look beautiful even though they're not as crystal clear as what you would expect when you go to the jewelry store. But uh, nothing's impossible for sure. So these are um, sedimentary rocks that are up there that have been contacted by metamorphous. Um, there's granite uh, intrusions. The sedimentary rocks are um, probably of the uh, Pleozoic age, and um, the uh, granite is probably of the Cretaceous age. There is uh, a lot of information there at the uh, Pomona College who's dated some of these things uh, back to these periods. And um, because of the contact metamorphic conditions and the sedimentary um, makeup of it, there is an unusual mineral assemblage of corundum, uh, sylmanite, quartz, uh, dopsite, um, tourmaline, uh, not, not tourmaline, but tremolite, T-R-E-M-O-L-I-T-E, fusite, and lapis lazula. Yes, there is lapis up there. Most of it is a denim lapis. Um, it is also a form of the sodalite group, which includes uh, sodalite and, and lazarite. So there's a lot of opportunities up there. Now, as far as finding them, um, you can hike up and down the entire length of the canyon, and you probably have an opportunity to collect something in the creeks and ridges and things like that. But the deposits seem to be restricted to the ridges that divide the north and south uh, forks of the canyon. There used to be a mine up there called the Bighorn Mine, which was operated uh, for many years until early 1980s, and then it was withdrawn from mining, and that's on the south side of the north fork. And uh, you can find a lot of neat stuff up there. There is uh, blue veinlets with silver pyrite and banded um, a sedimentary type of a rock. The corundum crystals are very common in, in the Cascade Canyon, 
but the corundum seems to be found in landslide deposits. So you may not find an actual uh, pegmatite um, dike, so to speak. Um, the corundum rock, um, that part of it is uh, not been discovered yet. What you'll see is a reddish um, mineral um, and look at it and sometimes there will be these little gemstones that are in it which are going to be pink and purple and now you've found the corundum that you're looking for. It uh, can make some really nice specimens and uh, it is plentiful in outcrops and um, you can look all around and see it. Like I said it's kind of a, a brownish reddish colored um, looks almost like a sand kind of that's been glued together and um, you will find that it's kind of looks almost like it's iron stained and when you see that uh, massive piles of these uh, iron stained um, crumbly rocks um, that could be it so go take a look and see if there's some corundum crystals in there because you're going to find some beautiful pinks and blue colors with abundant uh, rudel which is a titanium oxide inclusions and they can be several millimeters apart up to a centimeter long um, but some of them can be even bigger now another cool thing about them is they will fluorescent red under UV light because of their very high chromium content so this is something you definitely want to check out um, there's a, a corundum bearing rocks along the um, Barrett Stoddard truck route the outcrop, uh, outcrop you can see it there it's produced a lot of good samples and there's a lot of landslides in the area so you will want to be careful but you can find corundum all over there um, locally they call them rubies um, which uh, you know is a type of uh, of corundum but but these crystals are not not typically you know of a real gem quality they're more of a specimen type but hey if you're creative I saw one lady uh, on the internet who had made a ring with little tiny um, faceted stones from this area you know something very unique and personal that you would have of course they look kind of flat you know because they weren't uh, real glassy and uh, clear like that so if you go up there you are going to need the adventure pass um, for the day or the year whatever one you buy and you will walk along the Barrett Stoddard truck route through a small community it's kind of a blacktop area you walk all the way to the end and there's a gate and you just walk around through the gate and and go upstream uh, as far as you can but the bushes and the poison oak are really really thick and um, the lapis is much much further up there if you want to actually find the deposits of lapis you will have to go all the way up there but you will not be able to do it um, because it is such a narrow canyon and it is so thick with um, these plants in fact uh, me and um, Zach, my son, are planning on going up there tomorrow, and we will try to do a little video, and hopefully we'll find something, at least in the creek. Um, I know we can find the ruby corundum, and uh, maybe we'll get fortunate and blessed and find a piece of lapis in the river. We're certainly going to look for it real hard. And uh, you can come along with us if you want. I will probably won't get that posted until sometime next week. So with that, guys, remember, rockhounds don't die. They petrify.